Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert will have their annual pre-draft press conference today at Heinz Field. I'm looking forward to that, not just because it's nice to see them, but also because, well, there's one thing above all that I'm looking to hear in particular from the head coach, and it's got nothing to do with the draft. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into baseball and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Pirates and Penguins where you found this. First round, Thursday night. Steelers will probably end up picking around, I don't know, 10.30, 10.45 p.m. based on the way these things have gone in recent years. And be very sure that that's going to be the focal point of most of the questioning that happens today. We're all going to be looking for clues. We're all going to be, uh, what kind of quarterback would you like? As opposed to, are you interested in a quarterback? Those kinds of questions, those guys are going to be able to handle them very, very nicely. You'll see. They'll give away absolutely nothing to any of us. But, but, these tend to be, as Tomlin slash Colbert press conferences go, more informative, I have found, than any others that they do all year long. And the reason for that is principally that, well, we haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, they do make their appearance at the NFL owners' meetings, and it's just a different setting whenever it's a whole room full of people and it's local and you've got a lot of different reporters with a lot of different subjects on their minds. So you'll hear, for example, things that will surprise you about, uh, let's say, the status of right cornerback. That came up last year and... Tomlin's statements about the usage of Cam Sutton or James Pierre made for legit headlines. There's a lot of that type of stuff that has to do with the current roster, that has to do with the existing players and not the draft. And this year, obviously, with no Ben Roethlisberger and you know the quarterback situation as it is, there's going to be a lot of it, I think, today. A lot of that sort of questioning. Who are the starting inside linebackers? I mean, Miles Jack's going to be one of them. Devin Bush should be one of them. Bush still isn't technically in the fold. But how do they feel about them? How do they feel about how they might be used? Is Terrell Edmonds a starter because he was brought back, even though he came back at obviously a much lower rate? Is he still the guy? How about which of the three, count them three, offensive linemen who can play center will actually be the center or the default center once the team shows up in Latrobe. That kind of stuff. Oh, and another one. How about this? Who's the default starting quarterback? Yeah, again, they've touched on this, but it's a lot different to just come right out and say, listen, we think Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter or Mitch Trubisky is the starter or there's going to be a competition. A competition at the quarterback position, and maybe a competition at other positions. And that is the word that I want to hear today. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Those of you who've been listening to Daily Shot for a long time, first of all, thanks. And second, you might recall that around this time, not so much exactly this time last year, but after the draft and once Kendrick Green was brought in, that I really, really pushed hard this concept of competition, of not anointing anyone. And that ended up looking way more prescient than I would have hoped. Like, it was completely spot on. Because what ended up happening, particularly with the offensive line, was that Tomlin just looked at his guys and said, well, I want this person to be the next Marquise Pouncey. So here he is. Let's give him number 53. He's the center. He'll only play one quarter of every preseason game, the first quarter, and then sit like all the starters do, and all this other nonsense that never needed to happen. All of those guys, especially the rookies, needed to earn their way onto the field, and a lot of them didn't. Some did, but a lot of them didn't. That mistake can't happen in back-to-back years. The Steelers paid for that dearly with the Constitution of that offensive line because they still had a chance last summer, even late last summer, to have addressed it and didn't in large part because of the anointing that had gone on. Let's have competition, not just in word, but in deed. Let's have a competition at inside linebacker, at safety, which is to say, putting this in big parentheses here, if you weren't all that wild about Terrell, and you must not have been to have waited for his price to go down that low and risk losing him, then go ahead and put Carl Joseph into competition with him and just see what happens. That kind of thing. How about competition at wide receiver? I'm very much in favor of seeing the Steelers take a receiver in the first two picks of this coming draft, but regardless, who's anointing? Chase Claypool is a guy that absolutely has to be on the field if he isn't making plays. Competition would make him better. He's been anointed, really, since the day he arrived. And yeah, he's made some big plays, especially in the very early part of his rookie season. But my goodness, the statute of limitations on that isn't forever. How about quarterback? How about legitimately opening it up? Listen. I'm all in favor of the Trubisky signing, both from the standpoint of the contract value and that this player still has upside. He's not hit his ceiling yet. There's no way realistically to believe that, given his age and given his having been stuck in Chicago. But he was an NFL backup last season. No way should he be just handed this job. The what-if scenarios should all be thought of in the positive sense, at least in this context. What if, and I'm not making any predictions here, but what if Mason Rudolph were to come into camp and show a complete command of the Matt Canada offensive system 
and were to be the better fit for that system. Once more, not making a prediction here, but just throwing out the possibility. Why would you close that door? By anointing a guy who was somebody else's backup last year. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Heck, if you want to even throw into the mix whichever rookie quarterback they're going to draft, especially if it happens to be someone in the first round, all doors should be wide open. This team hasn't won a playoff game in far too long. This team needs to find upside. This team needs to reward performance. And that begins now with a mindset that can only come from the head coach. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from my man Markian. He's in Lviv, Ukraine, and our thoughts go out uh, to him and to everyone uh, over there. I've been in touch with Markian. He's been a longtime uh, reader of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's also a listener to our podcasts, and uh, as, as he has mentioned to me himself, we're part of what's keeping him sane right now, just thinking about and talking about his beloved Steelers over there. Markian's question is, many of the moves the Steelers have made this offseason, such as Trubisky, Levi Wallace, Terrell Edmonds, the offensive line additions, address current needs, but at the same time don't preclude additions to these positions in the draft. How flexible can the Steelers really be in the first round, or is it just bound to be a quarterback. Their body language, if you want to call it that, has been that they want a quarterback. But the class isn't very deep. So you can very easily envision the Steelers doing something where they could reach if they grip too tightly to a positional target like that. That happens to be my single greatest concern entering this draft, that they'll be so smitten with the idea of adding to the position that they'll go ahead and add to it even if the player isn't worthy of that spot in the draft. That's going to represent a backward step for the franchise on a lot of fronts, and it'll hurt for a long time if they do that. If you love Malik Willis, and he's not there to put this in plainer language, and Jordan Davis drops the giant defensive tackle, take him. Take him. I don't care if he logs one-third or one-half of your defensive snaps. He's an impact player at a position of significant need, 
in a room of significant need, meaning this defensive line's got to start getting younger again. I'd love to see Davis fall. They could have the same approach with a wide receiver. Jahan Dotson of Penn State's the guy that I'm hoping for at the number 20 spot, should things play out that way. And really, to answer your actual question, wide receiver might be the only position where the Steelers have left themselves open to needing to address it in the draft. Now, the convenient comeback to that, if you're the Steelers as well, we have Deontay Johnson, we have Chase Claypool, we have a couple of depth guys, we got Gunnar Olszewski. That's not it. That's not it. The better comeback would be, listen, we know that there's always 8, 10, even 12 wide receivers in a given draft anymore who can just walk right onto your field and make an impact. And that can be part of your draft planning. You don't like it to be, and this goes to your point, you don't like to enter a draft saying, wow, we really need to get a safety because all we have here is Minka Fitzpatrick, so you hurry up and you bring Terrell back. Yeah, you know, that's not a great way to go about it. But wide receiver is different. Wide receiver, you can enter a draft saying, we really need to go after one of these because you know they're there. You don't like to be locked into anything, especially when it comes to your top two picks. But again, you know that they're there and you know that your own organization's recent history of drafting wide receivers has been pretty good. So you have to feel at least a little bit better about it in that sense. But for the most part, and I I feel obligated to say this, the Steelers have done a way better job than a lot of us had thought possible, and I know I'm in that pile, of filling in holes leading into this draft. If you had told me that they would fill the hole at inside linebacker, at corner, at safety, and then address the offensive line in the biggest way, I would have said, wow, first of all, where's all that money coming from? And then after that, oh yeah, that's right. They had tons of cap space and they went out and they used it. And they used it aggressively and I think smartly. So hats off to them for having gotten this process to this stage. And now, ideally, they do go and just take the best player at number 20. I appreciate the question, Markion. And again, stay safe. Over there, you're in my thoughts, and I'm sure in the thoughts of a lot of people who will be hearing this. Let's do another one of these tomorrow.